Mr. Oliver. Hello. Is that what I can call you? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Mr. Oliver? Yeah. Do you ever watch Mr. Ben? Mr. Ben. Mr. Bean? <laughs> you don't know what ben. Mr. Ben is? No. Okay, so I don't know how... They've got... <laughs> I should probably start by saying welcome to Chats for Sam. Welcome to Chats for Sam. Thank you. This is the first inaugural yes. episode. A boys only episode, if I don't say so myself. <laughs> don't know if that's the right phrase. And Ruby as well. And Ruby. Ruby's the cat. But anyway, we're getting off course already. Um, some of you may know I do a Thoughts with Sam podcast, which is just me and my thoughts. I also do a Worship with Sam podcast to get around Spotify's copywriting. That's more of a YouTube thing. But I wanted to create a a podcast where I can sit down and chat to people. So people get insight into life and just have witnessed some good chats, hopefully, because I have some amazing friends and amazing family and people in my life. And I have some brilliant chats with them. And quite honestly, I wish they were just recorded for people to witness and, and enjoy. And really it started um, from an idea I had with talking to my grandparents. Um, and I feel like there are many families who don't have, you know, we were talking about this earlier, mm. families who don't always have, you know, brilliant relationships and they don't really talk to each other and they don't have deep, meaningful conversations. Mine aren't like that at all. Mine are unbelievably amazing and i'm very blessed to have the family that i have and um i have a lot of really good conversations with my grandparents and i i just think it'd be a real shame for that to get lost in our generation because i don't think that's really being passed down anymore and really it became a, a point where i wanted my grandkids to be able to witness the conversations i have with my grandparents so that they would see the people firsthand who shaped me into the man that i am now and the man that i'm going to be so that was sort of the heart behind doing these chats but Tom, you have been a big part of my life over the last oh, year. Thanks. <laughs> we'll probably get into how we met and and why I even have you in my house right now. Yeah. Um, why don't you tell the viewers and tell me five things about yourself? Ooh. Could be where you're from. Could be what you study. Okay. Just a, you know, if you're in a job interview. Okay. Who is Thomas Oliver? Right. That's quite a lot of things. All um, right. Doesn't have to be five, but. Off the top of your head. Okay, I say my first thing, my passion yeah. is what I study at university, which okay. is filming and photography, mm. and that's what I want to do once I graduate. Mm. So post uni, that's kind of what I want to put all my focus into. So I'm not very good at being on camera, so I'm pretty kind of nervous nah. for talking because um, I'm always much happier behind the camera and that sort of creative side of things. Yeah. Another big passion of mine is anything to do with the water. <laughs> so I love I do swimming. Surfing, water polo, triathlon, sailing, anything to the water, I'm in it and I love it. So those are my two main passions and I like to combine those going forward with doing like surf films, swimming, photography, anything in the water and travelling as well. So, so that pretty much encompasses everything that And where are you from? I do. I'm from Brighton, so by the sea. Makes sense. I spent like literally every single day in the ocean when mm. I'm back home. So yeah, it's a treat. I'm very blessed Sick. to live there. Yeah. And we'll get into, I guess, some of your thoughts and what you want to do later on in life, probably at the end of this, towards the end of this podcast. But I think what might be quite good for everybody um, to hear is sort of how we met. Mm. So Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do a bit of a backstory for, for these guys and then I want to get your perspective of what it was like. I want to get insight into your mind. So some of you guys might know like, 
a year ago, I tried to pretty much make it in the fitness industry. I was trying to switch to becoming like an influencer, fitness influencer. And I was working out and I was taking some of my own sort of photos and, and videos and stuff, but I wanted to go a bit more hardcore and make some content, proper proper content that I could start like putting on a YouTube channel and all of that. And one day I was at the gym and I just felt, oh, let me just put something on Facebook and see what happens, especially in Leeds. So there's loads of, I thought there might be photography students, there might be videographers, people who need some con people to film um, and sort of it'd be hopefully be free and you know, we'd be able to help each other out. And I got like a couple of naff responses from people like, oh, I do thumbnails and I do, and it was like, thanks, but no thanks, sort of vibes. Um, it wasn't really what I was looking for. Apart from Tom who messaged me and for some reason, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna give this guy a try. I like, <laughs> I saw his profile picture. It was pretty decent. I was like, okay, this could be interesting. So we met up, didn't we? Went to yeah. the pub and- We were there for hours. <laughs> we were. And I think that's partly, you know, it's weird how life sort of happens. And obviously we all know my faith, like I believe nothing really happens just for a random reason. Like we do, I do believe like everything happens for a reason. And I believe that's God placing people in my life and, and vice versa. So went to the pub. What were your, what were your initial thoughts of me when I, well, when I don't really up? do like, I don't normally do like first impressions. I don't tend to judge people straight away, mm. but, um, I was quite nervous beforehand because I don't normally just meet up with strangers I meet on Facebook. Yeah. So then, <laughs> but then I was, quite, hinge, though. <laughs> I was quite relieved though, after like the first 10 minutes, I was like, okay, this is, we're very similar and we have a lot of the same goals, which make it easy to get to know someone and know that we're on the same page when it comes to like doing the photography bits that you wanted from me. And then we'd kind of just clicked like that. And I remember we were sat outside and it was freezing cold. It was and then, so cold. I don't know, maybe like two or three hours just talking. And then when I got up to go leave, I literally couldn't walk because my knees were like so <laughs> stiff from being sat there in the cold for hours. Yeah, that was cool. And um, I, I mean, it was weird for me because... I felt like I'd known you my whole life and we had a lot yeah. in sim we had a lot in common and we were quite similar. We both had sort of similar backgrounds in that, you know, getting deep already. Like we both had periods in our lives where we'd sort of been used a little bit for, I guess mm -hmm. what, and our heart and our desires to, to create our desires to, you know, love people and, and help other people. And some people have used that and abused that and it's backfired. And I guess in some sense that's pushed us back into our shell a little bit, but at the same time, we have a passion and we have a desire to still make content, to create, to to be who we feel we are. Um, and I guess that's something I felt from you. And obviously I was going through a pretty tough time like in my personal life as well. And you're obviously helping me through that. And I felt like I had, you know, a friend to actually share that with. And I was sort of, that was the beginning of the journey. I, I probably met you, when was it? Like, was it this time last year, kind of? Was it like early? I reckon. Like yeah. March time? Or was yeah, it before? Is it like February? I remember it being very cold. Okay, yeah, it might have been January, yeah. February. Mad. So about a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago. It was about a week ago, isn't it? That's all. Um Okay. So fast forward a couple of couple of months. We were making content. We were doing TikTok. We were doing photography. Mm. And you know, I was starting to grow a little bit wasn't i on, on instagram and like mm -hmm. you know i think the the videos and the photog photography stuff was really helping it was like a consistent yeah. brand and i was doing my own stuff at the same time now fast forward to april may time um 
similar vibes. I'm not going to go into loads of detail because it's not really the right time to do it. But I had a pretty severe um, life change and I needed somewhere to live. And I literally didn't know who else to reach out to, mainly because I needed, I wanted to be in a position and in a place where I could film, make content, still go to the gym, do all that stuff. And I know I reached out to you because you were with me through a lot of the mm. hardship during that time. And I messaged you, didn't I? And I asked you if I could stay. Yeah. And then I ended up living with you for like three months, didn't I? Yeah, I remember because um, I was in Portugal at the time on a surf trip. Yeah. And I was on like a little night out when he messaged me and it was a night out where all the guys had to dress up as girls and I saved um, <laughs> I saved the... Uh, Can we put a photo up of any... I, I'll probably find it, yeah, because I saved the Snapchat, which I replied to you saying, yeah, sure, stay in mine. <laughs> it's a picture of me like with mascara all around my eyes. Yeah, I saved that. Um, but yeah, I didn't care. I was happy to have you. Yeah. It's nice to mix it up and have someone different in the house. Yeah. So that's a bit of a backstory of how we met. Mm. So... You know, I think generally in this podcast, I'd, I'd love to just go on a bit of a dip, deep dive about, I mean, a, a lot of things, really. I think we have a lot in common, like we said before. We view the world pretty similarly. We both have similar goals and aspirations. We we love creating, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to go into a bit of, of a deep dive on even uni life mm. experiences, life goals, see where the conversation goes. Um, you know, having me in the house... You know, I was living on your floor. Here comes the cat, by the way. Here we go. Uh, yeah. She just wants love. So she's going to be sat with us, I think. She'll do what she wants. But we'll try and ignore her as much as we can. Um, no, you're not speaking on the mic. You're not speaking <laughs> on the mic, Rubes. Stop it. I'm trying to talk here. All right, we'll just ignore her. So I was sleeping on your floor. We would obviously... like I was still at... Was I uni? No, I was working. Yeah. So you were still at uni. Yeah. So what was it like having somebody who was at work? Like, was it a bit weird? I know, how old are you, by the way? Twenty three. Twenty three. So yeah. we're, I'm twenty three as well. But you, you went to uni late. Yeah, I took a few gap years. A few gap years. Yeah. So what did you do on those gap years? Um, first one, I travelled for like four months, and then COVID hit. So I was just working and trying to survive for like a year and a half, mm. and then thought because I couldn't do any of my plans. I had initially planned like travel wise and then start looking at courses and then kind of discovered that I was really passionate about photography and filming and then thought, yeah, that's what I want to do. So I'm going to start looking at stuff orientated around that. Yeah. And then found Leeds. What made you go to Leeds? The course? Yeah, it was a course and it was a good like reputable uni. Um, I was torn between staying like near the sea mm. and going to not quite as good a university or going to Leeds and then. Hey man, you have Scarborough. I know that's only an hour and a half away, which is nice. I've been, I didn't go surfing there, but I filmed a music video there. Mm. You go surfing there? Yeah. It's just cold. Really Very cold. cold. For, you know, we've got quite a few American viewers, right? Mm. So when you say cold, we're not going to be able to put it in Fahrenheit, but wetsuit vibes, like deep, like yeah, thick wetsuit my vibes. My wetsuit is like five millimeters, got a little wetsuit hood, gloves, boots, thermal rash vest. Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Well, I think this is a good segue into like Leeds because I think we, I don't know how many people who'd be watching this may, may be in Leeds. Maybe some of my old Leeds friends might be watching this. Um, Leeds is obviously a really cool city, especially for students. Like 70,000 students in Leeds. Like, a lot. There's a lot of unis on there. Um, 
when you went to uni, what your like what were your key drivers for going to uni? Was it was it the course? Was it the lifestyle? Like what? Mm. Obviously, you did two gap years. Did you always want yeah. to do university or? Well, it's funny because I, after college, was like, I'm never going to university. I'm so done with education. Mm-hmm. I just want to start living my life. Um, but then I feel like there's lots of things that you get out of uni which are more than just like a grade on a piece of paper because I don't necessarily need this degree to do what I want to do. It's more of who you become at the end of it. So the people you meet, the connections you make, living by yourself mm. and like that independence that you get. And so for me, I wanted to network with lots of different people, which I've done. And then also like get good at my skill, get good at taking pictures, get good at filming things, which I probably wouldn't have been able to do as easily otherwise because I didn't have a lot of equipment. I can use all the university stuff. Mm. So you get so much more out of it than just like your actual degree it's kind of sure you become afterwards and growing up and leaving leaving home and everything do you think that's also so we both study creative degrees you're distracted by the cat yeah okay well i'll try and keep this together whilst you're over there um (laughs) so i studied music you studied photography Mm. two very creative degrees i think we can probably agree that uh, degree agree that i think we both got more out of uni because of our courses but not for the reasons many people go to uni. Mm. So, or I guess it depends on the way you view uni, but I think the the traditional way of people viewing uni was you go to uni to get a degree and you need a degree in order to get a good job and you get a good job in order to make enough money to mm-hmm. be able to buy a house. And then once you buy a nice house, you can then continue to buy nice houses and you invest and then you get a wife and then you get kids and then you retire and then that's your life. And that was sort of the way things yeah. happened back in the day. Now, I think that's very different to how people view university now. You get, you do get the people who go to uni because it's the standard thing and their mm-hmm. parents may force them to. But I think generally, most people go to uni because of the lifestyle. You can mm-hmm. get all this money from the government. You can have a load of fun that's sort of low strings attached. Yeah. You can find yourself. You can enjoy a load of nights out and sleep around and do drugs and sort of hide away from the real world. But then three years go by and you realize crap what have i done like what have i got out of the end of this and many people then try and find a quick job or most people fall into like recruitment or they'll move home with their parents or something like that now we obviously do we did creative degrees Mm. do you think that that even that degree choice changes your whole uni experience Mm. Mm, i don't i don't think so okay but i feel like with uni it's kind of you get out of it what you put in so there's some people in my course who never go to any lectures never go to any of like the seminars they don't put don't put in a lot of work and i don't feel like they have the same experience that i have because i attend everything joined a lot of extra like clubs and societies so i feel like your experience is as much as you put in regardless of what course you do or what you study but do you think for example, do you put loads and loads of time into your course or do you put loads and loads of time into your craft? Mm. I, I think both. Okay. But then my craft is kind of like my course. Do you think your course takes away from your craft? No, I think it kind of adds to it. Um, so like, for example, we have a load of modules to do each semester and I might have a photography one, a short film one. And these are all things which I'm passionate about. And you kind of have the freedom to 
take it whichever way you want to go. So for example, mm. in my photography module, I did it on ocean photography, which is what I want to do anyway. So then I was able to explore that and practice those sorts of skills required through that part of my course. But do you think that part of your course taught you how to take surf photography or, or ocean photography? Well, I kind of taught myself. So um, so the course didn't wasn't the thing that really... No. So this it, is a similar it pushed, framework. pushed me in the direction, but didn't actually help me achieve what I want to achieve. Okay, so this is yeah, this is hitting on what I wanted to yeah. get to. So I think we both have growth mindsets. We both are people who want to do more because we want to grow and develop mm. and try new things and change and learn. My uni course pretty much taught me nothing other than my one-to-ones with Craig Lees, who is an unbelievable music coach and taught me a lot about technique and taught me about um, posture and warming up and loads of really practical things. There were loads of things that weren't practical and actually were det deterring from my development in music. Mm. Now I was very blessed and it sounds weird thing to say, but I was very blessed because of COVID because COVID for a music degree, you can imagine is pretty diabolical when mm. the whole point of the course is to get out, gig, practice, be around other musicians, sing with other people. We weren't able to do any of that. So we were in our bedrooms making music and some people didn't know how to produce, didn't know how to record, didn't know how to do any of that stuff. I was very blessed because I'd started to think about producing before I went to uni. I wasn't great at it, but I started to dabble with it just before COVID. And that meant that I was well on my way to learning how to produce on my own. I didn't need to rely on anybody else. I think that's photography is pretty similar. Like you can take your camera out. You can take your, you know, if you have one person who you like and get on with, you can go anywhere and mm. explore and try and practice. Um, but the uni experience really just gives you the framework to be able to go and try and fail and yeah. test yeah. and make mistakes and learn. Without consequences. Without consequences. Yeah. And because we're in creative degrees, everything we're doing outside of uni, because it's a passion, mm -hmm. is affecting our whole, like we can like, we can get away with making content. And for you, you can then use that as your uni degree. Yeah, true. Same thing for me. I would be making music. I'd be making worship music. I'd be making, um, you know, writing songs during COVID. And I would be able to submit those as my uni degree. Mm -hmm. And effectively, like I got first, you'll probably get first. And I know you will. <laughs> um, and we come out of uni with like all of these skills which we've now built up mm. because we would have done that anyway regardless of whether we went to uni but we didn't then have to stress about oh i need a job or mm -hmm. i'm doing a geography degree and i hate it but i need to keep doing my coursework and then you're stressed and you're in the library till 5 a.m and you know there were moments where you are up until 4 a.m like i was up till 4 a.m recording and like singing and my housemates probably hated me but you know there was something about our degrees and the creative degrees which really helped because it gave you the framework to be able to be creative without having to have a job. Mm -hmm. Now, all that to say, I feel like for people who maybe, you know, maybe listening to this podcast thinking about, oh, I'm ready to go to uni or I want to go to uni. Um, this isn't to say either go to uni or not go to uni. I literally have no say on that whatsoever. But I would just say, be mindful of why you're going to uni. Mm. Is it for the lifestyle? Is it for giving yourself an opportunity to get a job after? Is it to give you a load of free time, three years effectively, and you know that you want to achieve loads of things within that three years and going to university gives you that three-year buffer before you have to hit the real world i think the main takeaway is just be intentional like yeah. with the time and the money that you're spending and investing um for but, me i just yeah. didn't want to waste three years i wanted to make sure i wanted to commit to what i was doing because so many people 
just go to uni for the sake of it they'd pick a degree they don't care about or not passionate about just because it's something that everyone does mm. and i don't feel like they take anything away from that it's just delaying adulthood basically yeah so they can party for three years yeah well let's hit on a few more things on this uni thing um on this uni segment because i think it could be useful practical things and then we'll move somewhere else mm. what were your what are your biggest pet peeves about living with uni students i know we talked about it a little bit <laughs> earlier but what um what, what do you find really oh, frustrating first year was a shock i think um because you're put into halls with people that you don't know and in my flat there was nine of us nine nine other strangers mm. and um and these people aren't probably going to be your friends um because they're just a random group of people yeah i got along with one of them which was kieran um great guy yes but i was quite shocked how young everyone was and how they hadn't been taught how to live and i felt in first year i found it quite lonely because i was a couple years older because i took those extra years out and so everyone was about 18 i was like 20 21 and yeah i found it very lonely because all everyone cared about was just going out and partying and for me that's not really that's not my not my cup of tea has it ever been your cup of tea no i i don't mind it it's fine it's fun but it's not I, like they would go out every single night every day of the week the whole block of flats so that felt quite like isolating for me because i wanted to get up at half four in the morning go to the gym go swim and meanwhile people are still getting back from the nights out at that time it was quite quite lonely and also everyone's just disgusting as well no one knows how to look after themselves cook or clean which is quite surprising yeah i'm guessing you had the same <laughs> experience yeah. i mean yeah we talked about it earlier i and we're again pretty similar we we like to well i i genuinely think it became it's it's come from a place of insecurity i know this sounds weird and vulnerable but i think because i didn't have loads of friends growing up and i was quite independent mm. that's what caused me to go into like passionate things and hobbies and because i didn't have loads of people to hang out with mm. so that meant i was in the house a lot i have a great family and my mum's my, my best friend and she taught me a lot growing up about how to cook and she wanted me to be as independent as possible. And I, I'm really blessed to have had that, um, you know, from the age of 11, we would be doing our our own, we, we'd be washing our own clothes or at least to a, to an extent, mm -hmm. we would be cooking, we would be doing our own, uh, you know, we'd be, we'd be making our own bedrooms, designing what our bedrooms were gonna look like. We would be tidying and cleaning the bathrooms. <laughs> really cool thing, which I <laughs> definitely wanna do when I'm a parent is she used to, we wouldn't get pocket money unless we did chores. Mm. And I say chores, like, I don't really like that word. I think did jobs around the house to help yeah. out. Because I think it's important. If you're living in a home, like, yes, you are 11, 12, you don't have means to make money and, mm. and work yet, but you can still have those things instilled in you. But what she would do, which is amazing, is she would ask me to clean the bathroom and then she would judge what I'd done on a scale of one to 10. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't at like a nine or a 10, she would make me go back into the bathroom and she would make me analyze why it wasn't a 10. What had I done or not done mm -hmm. that wasn't up to standard? So I then had to analyze what was to standard and what right. wasn't, find out maybe what I'd done wrong or what I hadn't done right, and then fix it. Mm -hmm. And I think just that simple, literally just uh, intentionality of a job and um, when you start something, whether you like, and something my dad and my grandpa would always say to me, 
If you're going to do a job, do it well. If you're not going to do a job well, don't mm-hmm. bother doing it in the first place. There's no point. Let somebody else who's yeah. going to do it well do it. And that isn't that isn't to say like don't try things and don't you know you're not going to be able to do everything perfectly the first time. But I think just that intentionality behind trying your best. Mm-hmm. DYB is a family mantra. Probably come up a lot in this podcast throughout the episodes. Um, the idea of just doing your best in all you can. Yeah. Um, is that similar to you? Did you have that sort of? What was, yeah. what was your? What? How do you think you got to the point where you were different, maybe from the other uni, uni kids? Well, so growing up, kind of similar to you, but in different contexts. Because my mum is cabin crew for British Airways, so she wasn't at home much, which then meant I had to become quite independent quite quickly. So then, when moving to uni, it wasn't. There was not really like a big. Oh, I'm living by myself. I'm used to looking after myself anyway. So for me, I was just living, but I guess for everyone else, it is kind of learning how to cook, how to clean, um, and no one knew how to do that sort of stuff. Do you think it's just the knowing, or do you think it's also the mindset and I guess the yeah. like the heart behind it? Because I know there's some people who genuinely, like they have a heart to do better. Mm-hmm. Is that what you experience or is it different? They just don't care. They're just yeah. lazy. Everyone is lazy, which I was very surprised about uni. It's like they didn't actually want to be there, just wanted to do the bare minimum everyone is so lazy especially realized that on my course um because in my first year it was kind of on the back end of covid we had zoom calls for our things so we have to take pictures send them into our lectures and talk about them on the zoom call and every week i was the only one that actually came with a picture no one else i think only like a couple people would show up to the zoom call no one else even bothered like sending in anything or even it's showing so up similar. And it's just like, why are you here? <laughs> mm. So, well, yeah, it's all about what you put in. And no one, everyone's just lazy. But even like, that's more about uni, like coursework and stuff. But, mm. you know, around the house, I think that's something unique about university, isn't it? Like, you're in a five bed, four bed ho- home with a load of different random people who, mm. depending on your social skills, you either find people you live with or you just get put together because you've got nowhere else to live. It's so, it's just such a unique thing in your life where you have to be good at networking you have to build relationships you have to know how to hold yourself well you need to be independent but also be able to bed in with other people who are different to you and there's a lot of learning curves in it um which is why i do think it's a brilliant time i was very blessed i live with christians as we said earlier and obviously being a christian we we just want to love people well and and i know during my time obviously thinking about i was dating and and uh i would constantly be thinking about you know I'm going to be a husband like I need to practice serving well Mm -hmm. you know so if there were dishes in the kitchen and they were in the sink and they weren't washed properly this isn't a oh look at Sam holier than thou this is more just me walking through my experience you know there was something joyful about just clearing it up Mm -hmm. because I'd be telling myself well I'm practicing something here um and I don't think if I had that mindset and it was more of just like a oh why are they leaving it again like it wouldn't help me it would have just made me either resent my housemates or, you know, see the worst in them, which I don't think ever brings joy. It just sort of brings, you know, we said comparisons like sort of the thief of joy, isn't it? Yeah. So comparing like, oh, these guys aren't good or these guys are annoying me or this stuff. Yes, you might be quite right. <laughs> like that might be true that then they don't care. They're lazy. Um, and I'm not trying to preach to you here, but I think generally just for everybody, even for myself, having like the positive mindset, trying to see the best in people and trying to help out where you can. And helping out might actually look like leaving it. Loving them might look like leaving it. 
because then they have to deal with it and they have to yeah. see it and they have to realize oh crap like if i don't clean this stuff it's just going to pile up and pile up and pile yeah. up and obviously it's it's very unique each situation you've you know you've had experiences i mean tell them like where you've um you know you've you've tidied up and then next day it's just dirty again and oh, then yeah. you'll get a message in the group chat and <laughs> yeah if i then yeah, share that story because that's if quite I then interesting leave one bowl out on the side then suddenly it's a someone sends a message into group chat like oh someone needs to put their bowl away it's disgusting when the day previous i had cleaned the whole kitchen swept all the floors hoovered mopped all the wiped down all the surfaces um so yeah it's very easy just to whinge um but i think kindness can be contagious as well yeah so i like to think that if someone sees me doing a big deep clean in the kitchen one day then they'll think oh, okay i'll do it next time which isn't always the case but in in my second year house that was very much the case like one day i'd do all the dishes for someone and the next day they thought oh, okay i'll make thomas dinner which was just nice it made living so much nicer which it can be i think once you find your people mm. well segueing out of out of uni i mean i've graduated now mm. you're close to you're thinking about after yeah what do you plan on doing after uni i think my number one goal is to leave england i can't stand it here mainly because of the climate like the weather i'm not built for this cold weather yeah yeah i think i'm heading straight to australia okay. one way flight you ever thought about going anywhere else so many places mm. uh the list is very long um i don't know where to start literally southeast asia central america oh everywhere so why australia um mainly the lifestyle um yeah. i went on my gap year um <laughs> and can you just i need to stop you there so many people will not know what that reference is no. <laughs> can you just explain what that means well to translate it means gap year so <laughs> to translate, <laughs> it's when you take a year out between finishing college and then going to university and who coins the term gap year i think it's people in exeter exeter um yeah so quite wealthy people will go on a gap year where mummy and daddy fund their traveling to Thailand. And they do like two weeks in Thailand for their gap year. I didn't have one of those, by the way. And they get a shell necklace. But you went on a gap year, so I did. you didn't go on a gap year. No, I, went on a, I, I found myself. Did you say shell necklace? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, well, I didn't. But... I, did, I did get a shell necklace on my gap year as well. Okay. Um, so anyway, you... Yes, Australia. Yeah. Um, I love the lifestyle in Australia. When I was in Sydney... So you've been to Australia? Yes. Um, twice. Oh, rub it in. Um, at like half five in the morning, the beach is rammed. Everyone's running, swimming, cycling, going for coffee, surfing. And I just, I love it. It's so me and so cool. And I feel like everyone's happier there. Just mm. the quality of life is better. And good for photography? Yeah, lots of opportunities for what I want to do, especially with like surf photography and less cold as well. Mm. So, obviously, if you're going to leave uni, you leave all that happy framework of getting money from the government. I know. So I'm actually going to have do? to work. Um, I'll probably work over summer again. What I do you do? Uh, so I do a bit of beach lifeguarding, which I've done for six summers now. So this will be my seventh. So you, you got that qualification when, how old were you when you did that? I was 16 when I first started. Were there many other people doing it at the time? Um, it was quite competitive. Um, mm. I guess I where think, you live as well, isn't it? Yeah, um, but I kind of grown up doing it. I 
been doing like lifeguard training from when I was like 14 and swimming a lot before then anyway. So kind of just naturally fell into it. Um, and living by the sea helps a lot as well. Um, and then when I'm not lifeguarding, I recently started doing like swim holiday guiding. So last summer I worked in Greece and Slovenia, a bit of Italy as well, um, taking people out on swim holidays, which is really cool. Um, great way to meet people and see beautiful countries. I remember you FaceTiming me when I was I was just going into the gym and you were yeah. like, oh, I've just been, it's my day off and it's just been sunny all day yeah. and I'm just staring at the sunset over the, mm -hmm. oh. It was lovely. Light. It was yeah. really cool. So that was your summer job and you'll be doing that this summer again hopefully yeah and in the similar place or you know how does that how does like mm. i think it's a really cool job like genuinely blows my mind and it's really good because you know you said it was very competitive even getting it yeah and you can now take you can take photos on it as well so you yeah. can be learning you can be practicing you can doing all that stuff yeah so um i told you this earlier but i sent them an email basically saying hey i'm graduating in photography this summer would you like me to help out with the marketing and make some like promotional material using my film and photography skills um so hopefully i can kind of combine my two passions which is swimming traveling and photography three passions um and do all three things that i love um like they had a photography competition last year which i won which is pretty cool um and that was a picture i took in slovenia um but again because i was working i didn't really have time to commit to like get my perfect shot so i like to be able to spend more time doing that and hopefully earning money doing it as well which is the goal. Mm -hmm. And then in Australia, you want to be doing, I guess, just similar skills. You've got family out there. Yeah, I do. Um, I might try a bit of lifeguarding out there. I'd quite like to work on like a surf, surf yoga retreat sort of thing. <laughs> it's so you. <laughs> Health and well-being. Yeah. Waking up at 5 a.m., getting a coffee. You don't need a coffee. No. Um, yeah, I'm, that sounds... It does sound too good to be true in some senses, but mm. that's the thing about this country. You know, we don't hate, I actually love the UK. I think it's brilliant. You know, we spent the day going around yeah, in nice. the Cotswolds and driving around on the roads and it's beautiful here. But I do think, you know, if you're wired a certain way, creatives, we're both into our health and gym and fitness and discipline and all of that stuff. I do think when you're young and you're in that mindset, going to a place like Australia where everybody does want to be active, mm. they do want to be up and about, they are happy, they are optimistic. You know, I, obviously, I don't know. I've never been, unfortunately. Um, but from what I see online, a guy called James Smith, uh, you know, she was close to me over in Gloucester, um, moved out there, and he has a, you might know him, makes a drink called Newtonic with Chris Williamson from Modern Wisdom, and he waxes lyrical about Australia and how it changed his life. So I do think that's, you know, for practical application for people who may be finding their life stuck in a bit of a rut, mm. or they, they don't really know why, but they might be just struggling a bit from their location or where their life's going. I think changing your situation, changing your location, your environment mm. can be so, that that's what changed my life six yeah. months ago. Like I left Leeds, came home, living with my parents. My whole life has completely changed just because I'm in a different environment. Yeah, I think people can be scared of change sometimes though. Um, and they get too comfortable. That kind of small town mindset, hmm. which I think also kind of scares me. Um, I don't want to die where I was born. I want to branch out as far as possible. Do you think that links to your mum? I think it does because she is always traveling. She's traveled like her whole life. That's massively influenced me, I think. Because mm -hmm. like we went to Australia when I was nine. And when we first went, I was like, this is it. I have my mind set. I'm, I'm living here one day. 
And I still so have cool. that goal. Yeah. So, so that's cool. definitely influenced me. Yeah. So going on to the health and fitness stuff. Mm. What made you get into that? Have you always been sporty? You've always been active? No. <laughs> so tell me about that because I wasn't either. Well, I've always enjoyed it. Um, I was never like particularly good at anything. Um, oh, come on, bro. But I, when I was younger, I was, I just loved doing everything. I did every single like after school club, did lots of music. We're so similar. Did sport. I just, I don't know. I just loved trying new things. The only sport I didn't do was football. I, I hated football. <laughs> okay, that's what we did. Um, soccer. Yeah, soccer. And then swimming was like my main sport. I think it was the one that I was best at. Mm. But then ended up falling out of love with it because I was only like 10 or 11 and being made to like train every day and I just hated it. Um, so then I quit and then that's where I got into surf lifesaving, which is like the lifeguard training when I was a mm. bit older, like 13, 14. And then when I started lifeguarding, I got really back into my swimming again. And because you're surrounded by people with like a similar sort of mindset and then I got reintroduced to like competitive swimming. So like, yeah, I want to get good again because I got a lot slower. And so I want to get improve that, improve my overall fitness. And then one of my friends that I lifeguarded with then introduced me to the gym. And I just had no clue about that. I think because I wasn't close to my brother and single mum, you don't have that sort of masculine mm. mindset. So I didn't really know how to get muscles or why I wanted muscles or whatever. Um, and then started going to the gym, hated it for like two years, um, but then just forced myself to keep on going until I eventually kind of fell in love with the process. And now at uni, because there's so many different clubs and societies and sports clubs you can join, I just threw myself at everything. Like I'm going to do everything. Um, and I love it. Yeah. I can't, for me, I find it easier to go to gym at six in the morning instead of not, you know, I feel like you're the same as well. Yeah. Maybe not at 6am, but mm. I struggled when I'm not at the gym. Yeah. I think that's something that's changed over a couple of years, really, as I've sort of, I've realized how going to the gym can be an obsession and can become mm. an idol. Um, you know, I think there's so many brilliant health benefits to going to the gym and it changed my life going to the gym. Um, I think the social aspects, the discipline, seeing growth, mm. development, change, how it affects your life because you have to fuel your body properly. You have to sleep. I wanted to get the most out of it. I wasn't going to go mm. to the gym if I wasn't going to get anything out of it. What's the point? And, uh, I think it's something that you can take anywhere. You can be, you know, it's that dopamine as well from from yeah. lifting weights. And you also know you're investing in your body long term because you're going to be strong and, yeah. and hopefully you're going to be able to be, you know, you're going to have longevity in your life because your bones are going to be stronger and, and your muscles are obviously going to last longer. Um, obviously, you end up drinking more water. You end up, mm -hmm. you know, eating health, healthier. Um, I think there are so many benefits, but I think especially at uni, um, it, it is really easy to just, at least for me, I found it becoming sort of the reason I even went to uni because I just have loads of time to go to the gym. And I don't think that's a bad thing. But I mean, on your point, like, I do think going to the gym and having that as like a daily routine and a daily mm. rhythm can be really useful for people. And I know when I started, similar to yourself, not swimming, but football. Mm. So I played football, only started when I was about 10 or 11 other kids right. started when they were five you know their dads wanted them to become yeah. the next football star ever you know the next ronaldo the next rooney whatever and um i didn't have that my dad liked rugby but when i was at school i just saw people playing football and 
started watching football on TV and saw Ronaldo and Man United. And I was mm. like, well, who's that? And that made me fall in love with, with Man United and Ronaldo. Um, and so he's a massive, you know, I wouldn't say idol, but, you know, role model in my life, watching him and, mm. and his mindset. And he would go to the gym and you'd get to the training pitch before anybody else. You'd be the first to leave, first to go and first to leave. Um, and that mindset and, and just seeing him independent, but also care for other people. And he would just be so angry if he if he wasn't living up to what he knew he could do. Mm. And he wanted to constantly improve and develop. And in some sense, he would also hold his teammates accountable because he, he wanted to succeed. Mm. He wanted to succeed. So if other people weren't going to have the same mindset, and I think you have a similar mindset, mm. you know, you're putting loads in. And this is why group work can be so frustrating. <laughs> I'm sure loads of people can relate to this. You know, you're putting all the work in, you're trying really hard because you want to be the best you can be and you want to have something at the end that you're proud of. Yeah. And you've got other people who aren't really on the same yeah. wavelength. That's really hard. But that's why I liked football. And then after that, I started to wanting to play a bit better and, and getting better. And I started going up the ranks and I ended up joining a football team called Forest Green Rovers, which is a local club here. And I knew that I wasn't really invested in it. I went to church on Sundays. I didn't really give two monkeys to make it professionally. Mm -hmm. I also hit puberty quite late. So I was in that weird phase from like 12 to 16 where I wasn't like, I hadn't developed yet and I hadn't even yeah. started developing properly yet. So I sort of fell a lot behind other people and I just didn't, I didn't feel like I was getting as much out as I was putting in. So I stopped and I moved into refereeing, which is similar to lifeguarding. Nice, yeah. So I was doing a lot of, I'd say more of like the mature end of football where mm -hmm. I'm literally interacting with parents. Right. I'm interacting with adults who are potentially three times my age. And I'm the person who they're looking to lead the match, who has to be the discipline maker, the yeah. judge and the jury on the pitch when their kids just slide tackled someone and their dad's like, send him off, send him off. And now I've got this kid who's crying because he feels guilty about hurting another kid. And then you've got the parents on the other team saying, send him off. And I'm like, well, sending him off, is that going to make him never want to play football again? Mm. And you've got all these it's things. a lot of pressure. Mate, yeah. it was a lot, but so good. You know, I'd be waking up at mm. 8 a.m. and I'd get a text message from the manager in the week saying, hi, Sam, I see you're, my, you're the ref for the, for the game. Still on. I'd be like, yep, all good. So I'd go. My dad would take me. And... um. You know, I'd get there and I'd do the pitch inspection. I'd, I got the qualification. I made, nice. got my got my money beforehand so they couldn't run off with it at the end. Um, it was like 30 quid every every match and I'd get nice. expenses as well. Oh. Yeah, it was good. And, you know, I think that was the discipline. I, You know, many days where I'd wake up on a Saturday mm. morning and it'd be freezing cold, 9 a.m. And I'd be like, man, I really have to get in my car and drive all the way to Cheltenham and referee mm. a match. And then before I know it, it's already 2 p.m. and my day's gone. And I would often say to my oh, mom, I don't, and she'd be so encouraging. Come on, Sam, there's a reason why I'm doing this. It's so good for you. Mm. So good for you. I didn't do it when I went to uni, but similar to your lifeguarding, I guess. And mm. then I didn't end up going to, uh, I didn't end up playing football at uni. Like you went back into swimming, but for me, the gym was then that. Yeah. It was that chance to have an outlet and to develop something and grow. And I think those skills, like, especially with the discipline side of it, regardless of how much weight you lift in the gym or what sport you do, it's, that discipline mindset whereas if, if i can go to the gym in the morning and do something that i don't want to do i can then do anything you know so true so if i go to the gym bench press 100 kg sink down at my desk to write an essay is easy that's a treat you know and mm. it just completely reframes how you think about perceived effort and doing something you don't want to do you get uncomfortable i guess same with your um 
cold dips you do in the morning. Plunge pools, yeah. Doing something that makes you uncomfortable makes everything else seem so much easier, you know? That gym we went to last night, the grow room, Mm. has something on the wall. I'm probably a butcher exactly what it is, but it's basically like discipline is doing something you don't want to do and acting like you love it. Yes. And that is like so powerful, I think. Mm -hmm. Because it's those days when you wake up and the last thing you want to do is get out of bed at 5 a.m. And you have to tell yourself, I love getting out of bed at 5 Mm a.m. And you just have to go do it. Yeah. And that, I think, is different to people who go to the gym who just want to get jacked because Mm -hmm. they want to look good in a shirt and they want to look good in front of their mates. And I think you can sense it. You know, yeah. I think you can sense it when you go to a gym. You find the people who are driven and they care and they love it and they want to see other people develop and grow and change and change their life. And then you see the people who are maybe there because their mates have dragged them there and they're just wanting to sort of showboat and mm-hmm. push a load of weight. And I'm not here judging them and everybody's on their own journey. And I probably went through phases like that when I was a bit arrogant and like the way that I looked and I was only going because it was the dopamine you know, that I'd get from it. But I do think you know it's the beginning of the year People who don't go to the gym, who have never stepped foot in a gym, find someone who has. And I guess some the best advice I can give, go on YouTube and find a channel of someone that you like. So I'm gonna li- I'll list a few now. If you're if you're a guy, I'll list a few. If you're a girl, I'll list a few. So guys, Chris Bumstead, everyone knows Chris Bumstead. He's transfigured just bodybuilding. He's now lifestyle, just one of the biggest guys in the internet. Amazing. Watch his YouTube videos. Just watch and copy what he does. Um, there's a great guy called Anthony Mantello as well, bodybuilder, but young guy, 22. Really, really great videos. Jeff Nippard, controversial, but really good informative videos. And again, controversial, but Athlean X, Jeff Cavalier. <laughs> he has some really, really good fundamentals. I did watch him when I was. I watched it, mate. I used to watch yeah. every single video of his. Yeah. Also coach Greg, Greg Desette, okay? People love him, people hate him. I love him. He's got a heart similar to mine where he'll wear his heart on his sleeve. He'll be authentic. He might say the wrong thing. He might come across the wrong way, but he genuinely cares to see people develop themselves. So there are some really good guys. Watch them, get comfortable watching them. Because I think when, when you have a relationship with like a YouTuber or an influencer or an Instagram person and they're going to the gym and you, you start watching them, you feel like you're already in the gym with them. Mm-hmm. So then when you step foot in, you already feel like you've got, you don't feel as insecure because you're not just starting at zero. Yeah. You've already got a bit of a, a baseline. And then for the girls, um, Anthony's girlfriend, Anthony Mantello's girlfriend, Ali Prince, really good. Just does some really good videos on fundamentals. Um, there's also a, a woman called Laura Lee Chapados. Um, I might put some of these in the show notes if you care about going into the gym, but She's really, really great. She's a bodybuilder, but she has some really, really good um, videos from back in the day of just breaking down, um, you know, I guess gym and lifestyle and and fitness and how to get into it. And I guess just having a good balance. Um, So yeah, that's, that's a really good way of getting into the gym. But what, what do you see like in the next two, three years, who do you want to be in three years time? Oh, like what bits of yourself do you want to keep? Maybe what bits you want to work on? And we'll, we'll sort of wrap it up on this. Part. I guess something which I like is my discipline. Um, and I feel like I've kind of always had a good work ethic. Cause I'm not someone that's been like naturally gifted at anything that I always, even throughout all the school, 
I haven't been, I haven't had like that one thing that I'm really good at. You know, some kids are good at maths or English. I have mm. to work hard. I saw what good grades, but I had to work really hard to get those grades. I wasn't naturally just like gifted with them. Um, so I definitely want to carry that forward. And I think just be the best version of myself that I can be. That's always my goal. That's why I want to go to the gym every day. I'm not getting hung up on like progress. Have I put on enough weight or do I look a certain way? It's I'm more about how I feel and I know that I'm bettering myself each day. And that's what I want to carry forward with me forever, mm. especially the next few years. But then also because I'm graduating this year, it's quite scary to take that leap. I want to always talk about moving to Australia, but actually putting that into practice is quite scary. Going to a new place where I don't know anyone, don't know anything. Um, but yeah, what about you? I think for me, what do I want to keep? Well, who do I want to be in three years? I think I want to believe in myself more. Um, I think that takes time. And I think it's a balance because I think believing in yourself is different to being self-confident. Because I think being self-confident can sometimes be, or I guess it's different to arrogance. I think sometimes I can, it's a really easy line to cross over mm. where you come across as arrogant because you know you're good at this or you look this certain way or you do that. But I think inner confidence comes from, and obviously for me as a Christian, it comes from my identity in Jesus. Um, and I think that's something I'm, I'm really growing in at the moment and, and really that's something that no matter what happens in my life no matter what circumstance i'm in no matter what someone says about me i know that there's no there's now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus so yes i can still look back and see maybe where i've made a mistake or where i failed or where i've made maybe made the wrong choice but knowing that my future is so is still so secure in that and that's something that i want to continue growing in um but I think the things I want to carry forward as well is, yeah, similar to you, like the discipline of just mm. being okay, being different, being okay, stepping out. And yeah. I think as you get older and you mature, you start realizing who you are and really what's ingrained in you. And when you maybe falter from that identity or trying things that maybe you've never done before, and then you realize mm, that isn't me, like it gives you the opportunity to really bed in on those things, which you know are ingrained in you mm -hmm. so for example the podcast the music the photography the videography similar to you like i know that's all a part of me that i love and mm -hmm. it just brings me so much joy these sort of conversations being able to open up and be real and authentic and i want to be somebody who in some senses like is the glue between a load of different people mm. there's something that brings me so much joy in introducing people who are like who are like-minded and mm. who like similar things you have similar heart postures and connecting them up because we live in a world that's so disconnected and we live in a world which is so divided and no one really knows how to talk to each other no one really knows how to relate to each other mm. there's a lot of misunderstanding and i think that's why talking and communicating is so important and that's why you know conversations like this are so nice and obviously you're already my mate so it's different but um you know i'd love to be able to have people on something like this go across the world and talk to somebody for the first time and just find that common ground, yeah. find that humanness that we all have um, and debate and, and find find where we maybe differ and try and give each other a, a different view or mm. uh, something to think about. And I think that's something for all of us 
uh, and my heart behind this podcast is that you guys leave after listening to these with maybe just something to ponder, maybe something to look at, something to review in your own life and your own mind. Um, and to be somebody who's open and accessible so that people feel like they can reach me and ask me questions or in some senses just be maybe see me as a role model and even that outside accountability bro is so like having a platform and having people maybe look up to you mm. it's always something that's been in me from being head boy at my school same you head boy as well yeah shut up <laughs> okay that's weird but yeah same i think person. that's we we care we want to we want to be somebody who people can rely on and mm. Um, yeah, that's probably why we both want to be dads. We want to be parents. We want to want to lead. We want to care for. We want to provide. We want to be that buck. You know, the, when the buck buck stops with us, like we want to be that guy on the chopping board who is there when things go wrong. We'll take the hit so that other people can continue to thrive. And I think I see that in you. You're there for me, and it's nice because I can sometimes, well, I hope to repay you one day, um, in some way. I don't know how. Well, this <laughs> well this isn't really repaying you but hey we'll wrap it up there what is your instagram let's plug you as much as we can Ooh. i don't have instagram but you do so i do go yeah. on, plug it bro uh my instagram is underscore thomas underscore oliver underscore and what's your photography account it's linked in my bio you can find it okay yeah so in the next three years we're going to see you as some famous surf photographer yeah and then by the time i'm 30 so in seven years, I will be the next David Attenborough. Nice. Yeah. And you're not going to transition to OnlyFans? Mm, depends how desperate I get for new camera equipment. Yeah. But we'll see. Not well, yet. I'll be there when, when it happens. <laughs> <laughs> on, that note, fan. on that note, we're going to wrap up there. But guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And we'll see you in another episode of Chats with Sam. I have no idea when, but I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? I have. It's been a lot easier than I thought it would be. Okay. Yeah. But that's good to know. Hopefully it was enjoyable and it wasn't boring. And hopefully the cameras are still working. Hey. Oh, I imagine. <laughs> well, we'll see. Anyway. Bye.